Welcome to episode 183 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm Janelle. And we're back from our Thanksgiving uh, here in the U.S. Our Thanksgiving hiatus. That's right. Thanks for joining us on the live stream, those of you that did, because we did do a live stream in between. And all our family was with us and there were people in there. So we know it wasn't just our family that watched it. So, and it's like tells you if you're like friends with the people if they join, and it didn't tell us. So that means we're not like friends with them. So we're just going to say right off the bat, thank you for watching if you have joined us on a live stream recently, or if you're just listening to our show now. And if you would like to reach out to us and tell us you watched, please send us a message at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com because we'd love to hear from you. Or you can send us a message on our Facebook page. And, you know, because we're just rolling, we're just going to jump straight into the news and get to the business here. Let's do the news. And now the news. I already said the email, so what else What else can our listeners well, do to support? You don't have to just email us. You can also rate and review us on uh, iTunes. Oh, iTunes. Wow, that's old. Um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, tune in wherever you listen to our show. And of course, don't forget your local community college bulletin board. We're still getting those pouring in. Oh, pouring in. And so, you know, send us pictures or just you can write us a letter describing your experience. Um, you know, if you went and talked to the people to get them approved on campus, you know, make sure that you... Get a picture of the stamp so that we can see what the stamp looked like at your local community college. Anything like that, we'd love to hear uh, about. So that'd be good. Yeah. That's important. Very. You can also follow us on Instagram. That's where we did all of the 30-day eShop challenge, you know, videos and stuff. So hopefully you guys followed along on a bunch of that. We also, of course, had votes in our Facebook group, which is another thing you guys could do is join our Facebook group. And, of course, like our Facebook page, Mandarin Orange Show, the group, and the Facebook page, that would be cool. We're actually going to have a lot more stuff this December in both the group and on Instagram. So you guys are going to want to follow Check along. It out. Well, and finally, then you could also follow us on TikTok. We do have some TikToks on there. We did one recently with a very, very specific kind of inside joke. So maybe you'll think it's funny. Like 60 people thought it was funny. Or maybe it was 600. I can't remember now. Liked it or no, viewed it? Viewed it, but I'm assuming anyone that viewed it liked it. I'll give you the stats I right mean, now. That just seems like, you know, that stands to reason. All right. So it was not, I don't think it was 600. Maybe it was. I can't remember now. It's been a while. 652 people viewed. That's our second most recent one. And then our most recent one has, has 180. 180 with Grandpa doing. Um, Parkour. Parkour. If you want to see some grandpa parkour, you should check it out. All right. So definitely follow us there. Do you guys know, speaking of TikTok, this is what you can do for your spouse. Is, you know, you're up late, you're watching TikToks. <laughs> what you do is you save them. And then... Like if you find a good one. You mean. Yeah. Well, only when you find it. Because, you know, there's like 10 duds for every, like, gem. You save the gems. And then you say, spouse, let's watch some TikToks. And it's like you curated all this 
fantastic content and then your spouse becomes really into tiktok with you yeah for as far as i know tiktok is only the best (laughs) stuff because i've only seen the good ones and then we call it freestyling after we've done all the curated content we do freestyling and spouse is always like disappointed I want it to be as good as the curated (laughs) stuff and it rarely is and then we just keep watching we're like okay until we like cackle that's when we'll end. And then we just go and it's two in the morning and we got to go to bed. So wait, is this advice to not do all this? I think that's what you're saying. I'm just saying if you have, because Phil was not very into TikTok until I started curating content. I wouldn't say I'm into it still. I just like it when you show me all the stuff you picked up. <laughs> Speaking of good content... We've got some exciting stuff coming up. We have not one, but two live streams coming up this very weekend. And I, if all goes well, this episode will be out right before it happens. So hopefully you listen to this real fast and then run over to listen to our live stream. But we have, first of all, um, on Friday, which is the day this is coming out. Again, if all goes well, fingers crossed. And yes. Hopefully I can stay up late enough and get it done. If all goes well, this comes out Friday. And we're going to do a Mandarian Orange live Friday at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Tell us about what we're going to do, Janelle. So, listener of the show, Aaron, wrote in and suggested that we do a de-junking for, like, our challenge. So, we are making December, de-junk December... And on our live stream tomorrow, Phil's going to pick a random box out of the garage. We're going to show you some items from the box, and you can help us decide. Do we keep it as a memento, or do we de-junk it? That's right, because it's de-junk December. Now, we're going to hopefully do this a couple of times throughout the month. We'll also do some of it on Instagram. I made you like an Instagram poll or something. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll play around with it and stuff. We can't do it every single day because December's crazy. It's December. But you guys know. That's why we kind of plan on this. We're, throughout the month of December, we'll be getting rid of stuff. Um, we also, just so you're not too worried, you know, if there's stuff that's trash, we'll throw away trash. But anything that is, you know, usable that someone else may want, and I realize that some of our junk is just junk, but if there's something that we want, you have your free, what do you call it? Free cycle? Is that what they call it? Uh-huh. You've got your free cycle it's page. It's not called free cycle, but it, that's what it is. All right, whatever. You, where you donate it, you offer it for free to people in the community. And, and they, they pick it up on my stuff. porch. <laughs> so, you know, anything that we can give away or donate to someone, we will. Um, but also, I am keenly aware that some of the stuff that we have is probably not something anyone else will want either. And we might, may have to just trash it as well. So Recycle. Or recycle, if it's an appropriate thing to recycle. Yes. So that is our plan. And... We really hope you guys can watch this because I think it's going to be fun. And we're going we're gonna to clear out that garage. You guys don't even know. You will be shocked by the treasure trove of stuff we have acquired over the years. Now, I do have to point out that just because we're cleaning out a box doesn't mean I'm guaranteeing everything in the box is being gotten rid of. Oh, I know. We're going through. Well, we may, maybe they don't know. They but. might not. I'm clarifying to the, the <laughs> listeners that, you know, there may be some stuff that we get rid of. It also may be something where we are, it's all stuff we want, but it just needs to be put away. So it could also be that, because there's there's boxes that have been out there since we moved in, you know, and so who knows? Now, I don't 
don't know when you gave me these, but you gave me several coupons for boxes to clean out. Yeah. I don't have to use those during Junk December. That does not count. Those, those are can be additional boxes. Those are additional boxes. boxes, yes. So, again, we'll either get rid of it or we'll be keeping it and putting it away somewhere appropriate as opposed to being in a box in a garage. Yes. Unless we decide that that's the best place for it. Maybe a box in a Maybe garage Maybe it is. will. I don't think we'll ever be completely box free in a garage, you know, but we'll definitely, we've got we a lot of boxes out down. there. We can pare it down a lot. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so make sure you join us for Instagram um, throughout the month. And of course, on Friday, right after you listen to this, hop on over to our Facebook Live. And then on Saturday, this will definitely be out before then, Saturday, December 4th, it's our 24th annual Blue Christmas. What? 24 years of Blue Christmas. That's right. Popbox Music, our indie record label. Um, We're going to be hosting four music artists. We've got Eric Kennedy, Stephen Wesley Giles, Rain House, and Isopod. Four artists are going to be there. We'll be talking to some of them live, so you can go in and ask them questions and stuff. They've got uh, performances of some of their songs. It's it's going to be four artists. I don't know the exact amount of time, but it's not like mega long. It's probably going to be about an hour and a half, is my guess, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, depending on how long you and I gab during it. You know, yeah, that could that could We're extend chatty. it a bit. Um, but that's going to be Saturday, December fourth. It'll be on our Instagram, not our Instagram. It'll be on our Facebook page on um, Popvox Music Facebook page. And also, it's at, this one is at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Yes. So, a little different time, but please join us for that as well. It's going to be fun, and it's all free, of course. Of course. All right. Junk December is underway. I'm so excited. Let's do it. We did do an amazing trip for Thanksgiving, which we'll talk about in my vacation pants. Yes. Good, good. And uh, I actually did something really fun. I went to a TV taping. Yes, you did. They're like, you know, super strict and super small audiences for right now. And you're spread apart. But um, it was so much fun. And that's really all you can say about it right now. All I can say, guys. When the time comes, we will tell you guys uh, what you might be able to watch, that you might be able to catch a glimpse of Janelle in, but um, that won't be until May, May of next guys. year. So, so we we uh, you may remember a couple episodes ago we, we were like, teased. oh, something exciting, it's exciting, and that's all we can say. We can reveal after. Yes. Yeah, so we'll so. let you guys know when you can watch that, and it's gonna be cool. It was so fun. I'll leave it with that. Let's see. Next. Finally, finally, finally. We're talking about a year and a half journey now. Over a year and a half journey. Luke is fully vaccinated. I can't believe it. Well, at least he got a second dose. It's still like two weeks after that for like full, full vaccination. I know. But he's like a week into his second dose already. Yeah. It's amazing. We didn't quite, like, cry and get emotional this time, but it's such a relief. It was still wonderful, but that first time really felt like a momentous occasion. Now it's, like, just completing that process. Yes. So it just feels like, you know, with everything happening right now and new variants and all this, it's just... It's nice to know we're all protected, and I'm... 
Just so grateful. We're still being very safe. Don't worry. You know, yeah, we're taking not, precautions. We're not just throwing caution us. in the wind, but that's <laughs> that's a big weight off your shoulders. Though. Yeah, it really is. So, and finally, speaking of big shoulders. <laughs> I found another emperor for a day. I think I might have mentioned this on Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I might have spoiled it on there. Or maybe we talked about it on the last time we recorded and I can't remember. So if you've already heard me say this here or elsewhere, just Sorry, pretend you're excited again. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, just pretend that you've never heard it before and it's all exciting like the first time. I found another emperor for a day. The coupons that Janelle and the kids have hit around the house. And um, I found it by organizing something so once again Janelle's like tricking me into doing cleaning and stuff but I was like reorganizing my records um which I do occasionally just you know going through them sometimes they get a little out of order sometimes I like to change up the order I put them in unlike my cds which are in a strict alphabetical order the records are more you know fluid like sometimes it's by artist but other times it's by a theme so like I have all my christmas records all together even though I've got Amy Grant records elsewhere, the Christmas record she did is only in the Christmas mm-hmm. section. So, you know, sometimes it, it mixes up a little bit. Amy Grant is just the one I could think of that I have both a Christmas record and other albums that are separate. Right. So that's my example. But anyway, I was organizing the records, and underneath them I saw a little slip of paper, and I'm like, that's weird. How would a piece of paper have gotten under my records? Nobody comes to my records. And then I saw it there. We didn't touch your records. We Someone would have had to touch them to get there. In between a couple. There are not a lot of things like in our house that are off limits. The kids know this. Like we don't keep a lot of secrets or dangerous things or anything like that. But my records are like the one area that nobody's supposed to go to and touch and mess with, you know? Someday we may do extensive training so that the kids are allowed to handle records and put them on. In fact, we definitely will, because I need to you send them out. You started letting the kids do Switch games? Yes, cartridge-based video games. They're allowed to switch out. I still handle all the discs. Not because I know I don't think that they're capable of it, because <laughs> other adults don't handle discs the way I handle them. No, but this is, like, a big deal. Yeah. You did not let them touch games, and I'm like, Phil, we have, like, the two most responsible kids in the galaxy. That's how particular I am about things. It's time. We did extensive training, and I trust them, and I handed it off to them. But they need to be properly trained. And records are probably going to be, like, the last thing um, before, even after discs. Well, now, so, like, during the pandemic, you had some cartridges out and the kids like spilled a soda and it splashed on it yeah that probably um made you that set the timeline back a bit that was like a couple years ago that was before the pandemic no it was during the pandemic i remember it very well so i don't think so baby we've been in a pandemic for almost two years there's no way that 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 was still within the time frame right (laughs) well maybe so one way or another it wasn't their fault i mean they did spill something but accidents happen and i was stressed, but I didn't get mad at them. I think it's funny, too, because I think you were asleep. Yeah. And I, you came out, like... And you guys were, like, frantically trying to clean it up. Because it was, like, full sugar, like, orange soda dumped <laughs> directly on the three cartridges. It, and it was because, like, one of the, like, TV trays knocked over. Yeah, they had, like, a drink on a TV tray. And I, to be fair, like, I hadn't put my games out. I had pulled them out and was, like... 
Organizing. I don't know, organizing them, and I had three that I hadn't put away yet that were, like, set out. With near, the the part with the electronics Like, facing. facing. It was, like, on the edge of the coffee table. <laughs> and then they had a drink on a cart, like a TV tray that was, like, kind of near it, and it just toppled over right yeah. into it, so. But I'm glad that it was so long ago, at the beginning of the pandemic, that you were able to get over that yeah. and train them. Well, and I was able to clean them up. I, you know... Did a thorough cleaning of the cartridges and actually tested them all and they still worked. But even if they didn't, accidents happen, you know, punish the kids for accidents that were truly accidents, you know. So it turned out okay. I don't even know how we got on that, but records. Oh, that's where I found my king for a day or emperor for a day. And that's pretty much it for our news. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. It's time for the grand conclusion of the 30-day eShop Challenge. That's right. For the 30 days in the month of November, I did the eShop challenge. I played a different game on the Nintendo Switch eShop every day for 30 days. You did it. You completed another challenge that you made for yourself. That I made for myself. And these are all games I hadn't played before, so tried them all out. Um, And all ones that we'd already downloaded, That many of them for very, very cheap, you know. It's funny, the kids were asking me, like, what's my favorite challenge of all the ones that we've done? And I said, you know, the first year when we did the Movie Pass challenge, that was very special and unique. That was way epic. But it also was the hardest one by far, you know, because I'd actually go somewhere. All the rest of them I picked are all things we could do at the house. And I want to make sure I'm able to actually do it, you know. But it is still, even though this was like a little more low-key than some of them, like, it's kind of a challenge to do the same thing every day and to never never forget. Honestly, on the last night, on the 30th, I was, you like, going it. to bed. And I'm, like, turning off the lights in the house. And I, like, set my alarm on my phone. And I just had, like, as I was setting my alarm, I, like, you know, you have to swipe to the right. side to go. And I swipe past Instagram. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, I almost forgot. Like, I almost didn't do it. Oh, my gosh. It was just in time. So, I did it, though. 30 days so the last time we did it you know we had a week off because of thanksgiving so there's actually um (laughs) quite a few 14 (laughs) to in fact to be exact that we haven't covered yet so i'm gonna do like a lightning round just tell you the names of them tell you briefly like a thought or you know description of it and then move along because we also cover these in great detail on our instagram so hopefully you guys are following along on that but let's do it real quick you ready ready all right, on the 17th, played a game called North. This one um, is one is very really interesting. It was one where you could only play it like in one sitting. Like there's no way to save or pause it. Mm. So you have to, and there's like a thing that comes up when you start it that says, it you know, like yeah, it you. says like make sure you have about an hour to play because it's like you can't stop. You can't start over or whatever. Or if you do stop, you have to start over, you know. So uh, it was very interesting, kind of like a first person perspective point-and-click puzzle type of thing a little bit but it was all like symbolic about like people who are uh immigrating to another country mm. dealt with like racism and I stuff remember so it was, that one. it was a little more like heavy like it was definitely more of a like artistic piece than a game game but it was really fun and interesting so um if that type of thing interests you you know check it out um on the 18th i played anna's quest which is one of many point-and-click games that i did 
a lot of them are point and click games because Audrey loves point and click games, and so <laughs> she buys a she, lot with her. She yeah, she uses money. her present money to buy them because you can get them for a couple of bucks. So she'll find all you know, follow all the ones that she likes, put them on her wish list, and then if they go on sale, then she buys them with her birthday money. So a lot of point and click games in here. Uh, it was great, liked it. Point and click. Up next on the nineteenth, I played Fez. Now, I'm kind of late to the game on this. It's like a really popular game that's been out for years. Yes. On other platforms as well. But I'd never played it before. Luke's played all the way through it. It's um, really cool, like, puzzle. It deals a lot. Uh, there's a lot of, like, perspective or, like, uh, we call them optical illusion type of puzzles and stuff. You know, where you it all starts 2D and then you can, like, turn the world in, like, a 3D thing. Very, very cool. So, definitely like that. Up next, I played Spirit Roots. Which is a platformer, uh-huh. and it was very simple. This one was like super cheap. Like I think I spent a few cents on it, but it was it was a good like you know fun little platformer. Yeah. Next was a game called Tardy. This one was kind of funny. Um, it's not about being late to school <laughs> or work. It's actually um, a reference, a very thinly veiled reference to like Doctor Who and the TARDIS, mm. and it's all. It's, it's another, like, it's an action point-and-click. Like, your character actually walks on the screen, which you point-and-click. But there's a lot of, like, references to various sci-fi, uh, you know, franchises, including Doctor Who. And all these you played uh, on our trip. Well, yeah, I think, no, not Fez. No, what day did we leave? The 20th. Okay. Spirit Roots was the first one that I did on our trip. Tardy. Then the next one was Ellie. Ellie is a really cool, like, kind of puzzle platformer. In a way, it kind of reminded me of Eco, um, yeah. ICO, you know, the one on PlayStation 2. Very, like, beautiful animation, and you're, like, climbing cliffs and doing kind of puzzle platforming thing. So that was really cool. Uh, next was Down in Bermuda on the 23rd. This one was really cool. It kind of reminded me a bit of, like, the isometric Legend of Zelda games, you know, where it's, like, top-down at an angle. But it's not open world. It's like different levels. Like each, you kind of you got to finish off the island before you can move to another island, and they're all you know connected. So that was really fun. Um, next, uh, this one was also on our trip. I did this one with Matt after the kids went to bed. My brother Matt and I played Breathing Fear, which is like a little. Uh, I mean, you know, sort of like a scary, like you know, horror suspense one, except it's much more on the like spooky atmosphere. And it was very uh, pixely, you know, like it wasn't like realistic at all. And there was nothing like gross. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun. It, it was, you know, good puzzly type of stuff and had a good, you know, creepy, pretty creepy atmosphere for being an 8-bit game. Um, and that one was like really cheap too. And that was really fun. Um, then I played Frederick Resurrection of Music. This one actually my sister Melissa tested with me. Um, all the rest of them Luke and Audrey did with me, I think, or I did them by myself. They all, they wanted a turn, but they wanted a turn to do it. So this one, um, is funny. Like, the, so the character Frederick was like a classical musician who died, and then somehow he gets like resurrected by this musician guy, and he's like <laughs> yeah. a zombie. But then he has to like face off against this guy it's who like, wants the title uh, of the guitar hero. Yeah, it's basically like guitar hero, but he's playing piano. But you just use well, you can do the touch screen or you can use the controller. The controller method is way harder. It's definitely designed for touch it screen. Like it. Melissa was trying to do the controller, and it's like you have to know the buttons really well. Whereas touch screen, you just tap where they're going. Right. You know? So, but anyway, I mean, that's another like real cheapy one, but it was fun and it was like super silly. So. Uh, tw- on the 26th, I played the Tiny Bang Story, which is another 
point and click game, very, very like cute artwork and I don't know, just some of those have the most beautiful like music and art combined. It's yeah. just I love the experience, you know. So that was fun. The twenty seventh I played Saturday morning RPG, which <laughs> this one is fun. It's it's definitely, you know, got RPG elements to it. You got like turn based battles and stuff like that. But it's all very, very heavily steeped in spoofs of 80s and some early 90s pop culture. So, like, the logo looks like G.I. Joe and the bad guys are like Cobra Command kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's references to, uh, I mean, just any pop culture thing you can think of from the 80s. Um, the Wizard, Back to the Future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's all in there. And it's very thinly veiled. So it was fun. I mean, the gameplay itself was fine, but probably the main attraction is all the funny references and stuff. Yeah. Then, or they even had fruit striped gum was one of the attacks. Fruit striped gum, you know, with the little colorful rainbow zebra. That That was pretty funny. Then I played a game called Nordlicht. I don't know how you say it. N-O-R-D-L-I-C-H-T. Nordlicht. Um, which is another I really think it's cute Nordlicht. It's probably like another language though, so who knows? <laughs> but one way or another, it was really beautiful. Another point and click one, and I like it. And it was good. Two more on the 29th, I played a game called Super Mash. This one is a very unique one. The story is that these characters find this game console that can like there's two slots in it and you can put a cartridge in each one that have different styles and when it combines it gives you a game that's like a mix of those two genres so like for instance one i did was metroidvania and a platformer and it mixes those together and you have a game like that but then you can play another one where it's like a stealth shooter or a i did a a, action jrpg but you can mix any of those in any way you want there's tons of different genres and each time you do it it gives you a different game and sometimes if you do the same ones twice in a row it still is another game but it just gives you different things very very fun intriguing and i liked it and then finally on the 30th i played a case of distrust this one is definitely the most stylish of the games it was like an art installation it very it, it was almost like like a interactive novel type of thing, except that there was some point and click elements to it. The thing that it's most closely related to in my mind is Deja Vu, which is this game on the NES and other platforms like computer as well. Same people that made Shadowgate. Mm-hmm. And you actually, it's like you're a hard boiled detective, like film noir type of thing. I think it was supposed to be set in like the 20s and you have to solve crimes and you have to prove evidence and all this kind of stuff or provide evidence rather. And. It just looked really rad. It was the artwork was just mind blowing. It's not like anything you've seen. So very, very, very cool on that one. And now you're done. And I did it. That's all thirty. And I really enjoyed it. You really supported the indie gaming industry. We did. Well, we'd already bought all those anyway. <laughs> and many of them we got for very cheap or in some cases free. So but still, you know. But really, if you're just buying them and not playing them, are true. you supporting that's them? That's true. Well, and now we gave a shout out. So some of these, hopefully someone will go, man, that game sounds fun. I'm going to check it out. So you should. Because really, I enjoyed all of them, at least to some degree. Mm-hmm. And some of them, like, a lot, a lot. So. Yeah. That's it. So next November, I will do another 30-day challenge. So be thinking of what we could do next year. All right. All right. Well, we got to move along here because we've got more stuff to cover, including... Some listener mail. You got mail. 
Fail. All right, we have two things that we got in the mail. Well, I guess not physical mail this time, although still love that Mark Hombach sent us something physical in the mail. That is awesome. A couple weeks ago. We still haven't posted a picture of that in the group, so sorry, Mark. I haven't posted the picture yet, but I'll try to remember to do that. Okay, so I got two, we got two emails. The first one actually is a little bit older, and we kind of accidentally forgot to do it. Um, not because it wasn't good, but it just, the timing, sometimes, like, I'll get an email right after we record an episode, and then I kind of might have forgotten about it a little bit. So We're not perfect. We're not perfect. I mean, close, but not quite exactly <laughs> perfect. All right, so this actually came to us all the way back at the beginning of November. And so I have to apologize to Marilyn, who sent this in to us. Oh, Marilyn. A.K.A. my mom. <laughs> but that's not why I didn't do it. I would have read it then. It just, I don't know, it kept slipping by. She actually sent us a message to our Mandarin Orange Show Facebook group, or Facebook page, and if you remember correctly, this was right after we got a letter from Samam Kalei, oh who wrote gosh. to us Samam and sent us a spam email. And so we were saying, if you wanted to send us a spam, you could. And so this is what my mom wrote. She said, hi, so if I bought something from you but had to send you a check for more than I owe, would you please send me a money order for the change? <laughs> Gift cards could work, too. <laughs> Good spam so, message. Thanks, long-time listener, first-time spam from my mom there. <laughs> so that was good. Wonderful. Fantastic. And then we also got an email to our mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com from long-time listener and frequent, frequent rider inner Ben. Yay, Ben. We missed you. All right, here we go. We're going to go through Ben's email. The title of the email is, There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> oh, What's that referring to? It's referring to signs. Yes, yes it is. It's contaminated. It's contaminated. He says, hello. So it's been another busy couple of months at work, and I'm only I'm only just now catching up on all the latest from Phil and Jam and Janelle. Yeah. Glad you guys have been keeping busy and productive and that vaccines are spreading throughout the Vecchio household. Huzzah! Hope you guys continue to stay happy and healthy. I wanted to comment on a few discussion items in your recent episodes. Well, I have to mention, too, that Ben wrote this in November as well, November 22nd. So it was Wait, like while we were. Our hiatus. It was while we were on our trip. So that's why it's been a bit. So if there's, you know, references to older things, you know. That's why. That's why here. Um, he said, first of all, the Disneyland tickets and ride pass system protocol. Which we gotten, we talked about in our fights yes. segment. It's more of a, you know, metaphorical fight against the powers that be over yes. there. But anyway, he says, like you guys, I remember the days of Disneyland where you just showed up, bought a ticket, and enjoyed the rides with, for the most part, manageable crowds. Yes, I'm referring to the 1980s and 90s, before social media and population booms of the early 2000s. What you guys described to MOS listeners regarding Disney's new pay-for-ride systems, MOS is Mandarin Orange, so don't forget... <laughs> 
Thanks. Which are additions to the already maligned by many FastPass system is equal parts frustrating and sadly predictable. The Disney machine marches on, and as always, money is the name of the game. I'm sure millions of dollars were poured into market research to confirm that there is in fact an audience out there who will fork out the big bucks to garner exclusive ride passes to avoid the long waits for the more popular rides. You know, the type of people, the same ones who probably identified most with the characters who lived in the capital from the Hunger Games and make <laughs> jokes like this. What did one poor person say to the other? Who cares? <laughs> Here's a question for you. Are the new systems doomed to fail or do you think they will not only succeed but act as a precursor to even more pay-for-ride past systems to come? I definitely think there's a point at which it's too much. But as long as people are willing to pay it, they'll keep doing it. Well, it's interesting, too, because Phil and I are huge Disney fans. Like, huge. But we haven't gone to Disneyland since 2018. Because if we're going to spend big bucks on Disney... We said we're going to do it at Disney World. Well, and a lot of times it was actually cheaper to go, go to, to Disney, Disney World than Disneyland. So, like, we are longtime annual pass holders, former cast members. We've grown up doing Disneyland, and we've just kind of, for the amount of money it is, it's not worth the amount of money. The experience is not worth the amount of money that they're charging. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know... If it was like a one-off time or something like that, but it's hard when it's something that we've gone to a bunch to justify continually doing it. We're when not it's just, even like doing like what's new and exciting. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it's it's enough money that it's made us second guess going. We haven't gone in a while. I'm not saying we won't go again. We may do it, but it's it's too much, and we're not alone in that boat. They have turned off a lot of people to it, and a lot of even like you know YouTubers and and bloggers and things, people that, that are all positive, very positive, have been very down on it, and so they're starting to hit that point. But I think they're going to push it until they get to the point where it's not, because you know if if lots of people don't like it, but they still have enough people who are doing it, it won't matter. But so somewhere there's a balance in there. I worked in the money <laughs> making marketing department yeah and that's not like most of our surveys were about the guest experience right so it would be ex interesting to see like the guest experience people for the most part when i worked there had an amazing time right and there were things that made them upset and you could you could read it in the data things that made them upset on why and they took that into account and changed it and that was was why Disney was always it wasn't always about money it was about the guest experience well and what they're willing to pay <laughs> the, I was gonna say the underlying thing is always about money they're a company at the end of the day they don't have like you know the corporation does not ultimately care about you as a person but. What Disney figured out long ago is that when people are happy and have a magical time and feel satisfied and think this they is the best, coming back. they keep coming back and they spend more money. Because if you feel like this is magical and I've got to, you know, capture, recapture my youth and nostalgia and this experience is amazing, I want to share it with my kids and that they feel like it's magical, people will pour in yeah. lots of money into it. And they have, but, you know, it's this, it's 
once that feeling starts to go away, yeah. those same people are not going to keep pouring that money in generation after generation. And it's why, you know, I mean, Six Flags or whatever is a lot of fun. And you go there for big roller coasters and stuff, but you don't have giant conventions and television stations and people just pouring money and devoting their lives to like recreating Magic Mountain stuff right. or whatever, you know, whatever your local Six Flags Park is. Not because it's not fun, but they haven't cultivated that whole culture and Disney is rapidly eroding that culture away. Yeah. It's not that they couldn't still make money at it, but it's going to be a different type of business model if they don't stop going down that path. Well, and the other thing I was thinking, too, is, like, you know, we paid a bunch of extra money to go to this, like, vintage Disney night. I think that was in 2018, too. Yeah. And we were so excited because the way they sold it was, like, it's going to be, like, 1980s Disneyland. And it's going to be so vintage and so cool. And, like. You and I went, and it was, like, just a bunch of, like, Instagrammers and influencers. Yeah, and they had some photo ops with, like, backdrops. That's That was it. And, like, what? That's not what we came for. Whereas, like, some of the mat- the things that, like, when you, even back when you were working there, the special nights they would do were, like, incredible. Incredible. You know? So it so. does it does feel like there's been a decline in quality. Now, this is, of course, most specifically talking about the amusement park branch of it. You know, I mean, obviously, Disney Plus or whatever, movies or those things, that's a whole separate thing. Like, I'm not talking about that. But as far as the parks go, although it is all connected and that whole feeling that you have towards the company of Disney and the reason you think about them caring about you is because they've cultivated that. Yeah. And they are eroding it. And there will come a tipping point at which people no longer feel that affection Mm -hmm. for it. And it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they can reel it in before then. You know, and I'm not saying like they don't have to, you don't have to give it to us for free, but once they, when they stop making it magical and stop doing the things that set them apart from the other companies, then people are going to see them just like the other amusement parks. Yeah. It's just going to be that, another amusement park, another, you know, carnival. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, that's why. Because it's more expensive to go to Disneyland than all those other places, but people are willing to pay it if they feel like it's going to be magical. Yeah, and I guess that's where I'm at. I would rather go to Hawaii with the yeah. money I spend a couple days at Disneyland. We could literally and have gone <laughs> on a trip to Hawaii for multiple days for the same amount it would cost to go for like two days or three days with our family to Disneyland. Yeah. No exaggeration. Yeah. So why don't we just go to Hawaii? Then? <laughs> exactly. And that's, that did not used to be the case. No. So... That's probably enough on that for now. We did a long thing on it before, but I'm glad he brought that up. Yeah, and I'm glad good, we're not alone in that. Good stuff. Okay, the next, the movie Signs. <laughs> say what you will about M. Night Shyamalan. The guy is a great idea man, and I will say about him, I think he's amazing. He's one of my favorite directors. Ben and I are going to not see eye to eye on this point. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> Execution is not always on point, but that dude has some pretty inventive story ideas. Well, I agree with half of that sentence. <laughs> I keep waiting for the day when we hear about his sixth sense rope running short and suddenly the executives aren't so easy to greenlight his projects simply from a creative sounding log line in a pitch meeting. I think, well, I'll read a little more. Uh, He did some amazing work with the sixth sense signs and the unbreakable trilogy with Split and Glass. And I'm even a fan of The Village. But then you have The Happening and Lady in the Water and you go, 
Oh, okay. So he was drunk when he wrote that one. So let me just address two things real quick before we move on. First of all, he did kind of have a, a lull when he did yeah. some ones that didn't go over as well. Like after the happy, they kind of stopped doing the big budget ones. But then he got hooked up with Bloomhouse, started doing the low budget ones. Those started doing really well, and I think he's in like a new renaissance a new now. Niche. You know, it, it's. It's different, Although but I we think... we haven't seen his newest. We haven't, and I can't believe we haven't. Well, it's just because we haven't gone to the movies and that much, and so... But I think he's hit, like, a new sweet spot. I think he's found, like, where he's mm-hmm. he's going to do for the long run, and it's great. The uh, Lady in the Water? That's good. I, I... Well, he said, I'm even a fan of The Village, <laughs> which we also like The Village. I like Lady in the Water, too. I know that, that one people don't like very much. The Happening is one that... I wasn't thrilled with, and I will admit that. It wasn't there, great. There were elements of it, and I really wanted to like it, but in the end, it was a little unsatisfying. Um, but that being said, everyone's going to have a misfire. You know, even Alfred Hitchcock had the wrong man. <laughs> <laughs> or waltzes from Vienna. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think Alfred Hitchcock is a great example because he's compared to him a lot, and you know, when you put out that many movies and do that much stuff, not everyone's going to like all of them. And sometimes you're going to have a dud, and that's okay as long as you get back up and keep going. Yeah. And for me, The Wrong Man is that one. That one is like the most boring Alfred Hitchcock movie. It just never resonated with me. And I'll still watch it, you know, when I'm doing a watch of Alfred Hitchcock stuff. But that doesn't mean I don't like him or it throws <laughs> out all, you know. I don't say, oh, I don't want to watch Psycho and the Birds because he made The Wrong Man. Just like I don't say, I don't want to watch Sixth Sense or Signs or whatever because he made... The happening, you know. Right. So. Anyway, I love M. Night. Sometimes people just go after him. You do get pretty passionate when people go after M. Night. I do. I love his stuff. And someday I will meet him and tell him that I was with him all along and I really respect what he does. Until that day, I'll just talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> all right. Then he said, um, if you haven't seen his latest film, Old, give it a whirl. Which we have not, but thankfully Ben knows better than to throw a, a spoiler out here. I enjoyed it for the most part, though it's heavily flawed. We'll see. We'll see what I think. <laughs> it's possible. I haven't seen it, so, you know, we'll, we'll reserve opinions until after we see it, actually. I'm not afraid to, like, critique something of someone I like, too. But I think sometimes he gets unfairly critiqued, critiqued based on other works that he's done. Then he says, the scene that you spoke of in Signs with the birthday party scene, that will undoubtedly go down as one of the great jump scares in movie history. The whole found footage genre will never die, and that clip is a perfect example as to why. I'm not at all surprised to hear your kids' reaction to it, and it must be fun for you two to watch films like that through their eyes. So much fun, yes. Oh my gosh, like, they still talk about it. They still talk about the movie, and Audrey was just talking about it today. Yeah, it's... It's been a it's lot a, of fun. It's a good new era. And then finally, he says, your upcoming National Parks trip. You know me, I'm always game to chat it up about <laughs> National Parks. I myself am planning on visiting a handful of them over the next six months, including the Virgin Islands, Pinnacles, which we've been to. We haven't been to, well, we've been to Virgin Islands, like to the Virgin Islands, but we didn't actually go in the, in the National, National Park. Park. Um, Pinnacles, we've been to, Yosemite, we've been to, Kings Canyon, we've been to, and Sequoia. We've all been to all the others. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you guys in your upcoming epic National Park Loop Road Trip. I know the Great Basin National Park is at, very out of the way, but I promise it's worth the trip. Give yourself a full two days there if possible. Stay in the small town of Baker located at the foot of the park. We know Baker very well. Yep. 
Enjoy a meal in town at Kerouac's. Stay up late for stargazing, if the skies are clear, and take the family on a few hikes in the alpine lakes and meadows of Great Basin. It's high elevation, so be ready for that. They also have Lehman Cave tours, though if you've been to Mammoth or Carlsbad, I don't imagine it's much different, although I love caves. Phil will go in any cave. I will go in any cave. He doesn't care. Tours or not, I don't care. I love caves. I want it to be fun fact. When, you know, we always ask the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? I used to always say that I wanted to be a speleologist, which is a person who studies caves. Not even surprising. Yep. I used to say I want to be a flight attendant. That's kind of not surprising for me yeah, either. I like to travel. Yeah, it's good. Then he says, also, you'll love the lack of crowds. This park is a true hidden gem. The one and only national park in Nevada, the state that, to the surprise of many, is the most mountainous in the continental U.S., yeah, we just got a glimpse of it even just, just this last summer. Just a small glimpse. It was gorgeous. Amazing. Amazing. Um, if you need other tips or advice of any kind in the parks you have on the list, you know how to get a hold of me. Though I'm sure you're already way ahead in the planning department. Would love to peek at your itinerary if you want to share it. All for now. Happy Thanksgiving, Ben. Yay! So we're still ironing down the details. I mean, it's a ways off still, obviously. Yeah, I got some uh, stuff I got to do first. There's some, uh, yeah, there's some things in the works, some uh, variables that could affect exactly which ones we wind up going to. We're definitely going to do the big five, and I would like to get to Great great Basin as well, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. And that's it from Ben. So thank you so much for writing in, Ben. And, of course, to my mom for writing in earlier as well. We love hearing from you guys. Always love it. And if you other dear listeners would like to write to us, of course, you can do so at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com. Or you can send us a message on our Facebook page. And now on to vacation pants. It's time for my vacation pants. Put on your vacation pants. Speaking of... uh vacations what we were just speaking of yeah it's time to talk about our most recent vacation to lake havasu city so we went there for a whole week over thanksgiving and it was amazing tell us about where we stayed and what we did so we stayed in a vacation rental with a private pool in jacu this is an airbnb right airbnb this is only our second Airbnb we've um, done, and I would say both of them were very positive experiences. Yeah, absolutely. You got to know you are going into somebody's home. You're not like looking at this as a. It's not a hotel. Hotel experience. Right. You got to kind of change your expectation, not lower, just but change, change it. it. No, if you and if you know that going into it, you're gonna have a great time. If you go into it expecting someone to come and make your bed and do your laundry for you every night, don't go to an Airbnb. So we got there, and as soon as we got there, the kids, like, jumped in the pool. Yeah, because I think we mentioned this before, but this place had a private pool and jacuzzi, and it's a house. It's in their backyard. Pool was not heated. Nope. And it was very cold, but that didn't stop our kids for one second. No. The jacuzzi was heated and was very nice, and we spent a lot of time. They got swim air. Yeah. <laughs> we spent, because. Swim ears. We stayed seven nights, so, you know, six full days, and we were in the pool or and or jacuzzi all but one day. Well, plus checkout day. And here's another thing. They had a full-on living room, like, outside. Like with a, a covered TV. lanai kind of thing. 
And you could see it from the jacuzzi. So we even, not all the time, but sometimes would watch TV <laughs> shows from the jacuzzi and the swimming pool. And it was fantastic. So, we have been to Lake Havasu City a couple times driving through. This is the first time we've, like, stayed there, stayed there. But um, we didn't really leave the house that much because we're still social distancing and being safe. And Luke's not fully vaccinated. And uh, secondly, we just loved the house so much. Well, and a large part of why we wanted to go there is, A, you know, again... We wanted to go somewhere where we could avoid crowds and stuff. But B, we knew we were paying a little bit more so that we could have the pool mm-hmm. and jacuzzi because there's nothing like it. I mean, having a private pool and jacuzzi all to yourselves, and it was fantastic. And so we knew that we were going to do a lot of stuff at the house. We brought board games and video games and books and movies and lots of pool toys. But honestly, it was not that much for a private pool and no. jacuzzi house. No, it was not. Like, it was... It was like we paid more for hotels. Well, put it this way: it boiled down to per on a per person rate for seven nights with a private pool and jacuzzi. Everyone had their own beds, yeah, like separate bed. bedrooms, laundry, you know, multiple bathrooms, full kitchen, two separate like a huge dining area plus two separate living room areas with TVs plus the outside living room area with another TV. So there was enough for like plus the garage had a oh a huge, huge playroom out in the garage, right? There was enough that you could have, you know, multiple parties all around the house. And And, there were. We did. (laughs) And it boiled down to a per person rate of like, I think it was a little over $300 for a week. No, it was less. Matt paid less than $300. Was it $280? Something like that. Something. There you go. Right around. And that's including all taxes, fees, cleaning fees, and everything. Because we don't separate that. Yeah. That's the total If you think about it. In terms of that, it's a great deal. It was fantastic. And, again, much of our, of our entertainment was built into that price because of the pool. So it wasn't even just staying at a hotel. It was like, this is our activity. Yeah. And this was, like, during Thanksgiving. I, I can't believe how cheap it was. I know. And there were other ones in the area that were, you know, comparatively priced. Yeah. We got the best one, of course. but Of course, because we poured over the research yes. for days and... So, if you guys want to know the name of the Airbnb, you know, I don't want to, like, put it out in the world. But if you want a link to it, just email us at mandarinorthshow at gmail.com, and I can send you a link. It was fantastic. Now, we did do a little bit out and about. I mean, obviously, you know, the bulk of our food we did just cooking because we had the kitchen. Mm -hmm. We did a couple of drive-thrus, but... 90% 90% of it was just cooking at the place. Because they had Culver's. We did, yes. We a, love A our couple Culver's. of ice cream, because Luke loves ice cream, too. <laughs> we also went to the London Bridge, which we've talked about before. But they yeah. this is where they actually brought the London Bridge from England. They broke it down and In then rebuilt it up. 1968, right? Well, that's when they started. It was started from 1968 to 71 was yeah. the project. It was finished in 71. So that was cool. We went and checked that out. And then... The only other thing we did really outside of just spending time all together at the house was they have the world's best, best. absolutely stunning, most amazing we've ever seen Frisbee golf course. Yeah. Like it really fantastic. Is. And you're saying this even though it broke your Frisbee. I am. Because it was, you know, it's out in the desert and so it's rocky as opposed to like the real grassy ones you see a lot. So it is a little rough on your Frisbees, but... It was the most stunning scenery, 
like huge, the just beautiful most mountains, glorious sunsets, incredible sunsets, saw. and then just the area we did it was beautiful. The it was super well maintained. Like some of the, it was just the best frisbee golf. Did we see a single person? We were the only people. At, one time when we went, there was someone like leaving as we were pulling in. That was it. And that was it. We had it all to ourselves. It was incredible. And this is also coming from people who have played on an actual professional one. The one by yeah. Biola was actually on like professional tours. Right. And it, it was it is a world class one. That's that's the other yeah, best one I, in the world. This one was better. But this one was. I mean, again. Rough on frisbees, but man, was it cool! It was so much fun. So we did that a couple of days. As yeah, well. and that's pretty much all. Now we played a ton of board games, which we covered on our live stream. Yeah, so if you want to he- hear about the board games we played, check out our live stream. That's it's we already live streamed it, but the video is available on our website, right. on our website, on our Facebook page. I don't think I've put it on YouTube yet. Maybe I should do that at some point. You but anyway. should. And uh, that's pretty much it. It was that's an incredible it. week. And that is going to do it for this episode. Yes. We are so glad you guys joined us and listened with us. Yes, we are. And hopefully you guys can join us again for another live stream when we do our Dejunk December starting up tomorrow or, well, Friday. Starting up Friday. And if you can't catch it for some reason or you hear this afterwards or you miss it, the video will be up on our Facebook page. You can watch it later. But you probably won't be able to influence our decisions immediately because you're not a Time Lord. Well, don't worry. Whatever we have in a box, I'm sure we have 50 other ones of it. We've got lots of stuff to go through. (laughs) And also, of course, don't forget to do Blue Christmas. Join us for Blue Christmas on Saturday, December 4th. It's going to be super cool on the Popbox Music Facebook page. We'd love to have you guys join us there. Anything else, Janelle? That's it. That's it. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Janelle, for co-hosting with me. Always enjoy it. And for the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil. And I'm Janelle. And we talk so you don't have to.